I have been asked recently by one of my followers uh, here in YouTube about a question regarding romanticism and the feeling of finding beauty in dark and the unease and everything that makes us uncomfortable. Uh, so Juan, Juan Borjón, thank you for the question. And he wants to know, uh, he would like me to talk about the romantic feeling created by the emptiness produced by existence that the romantics used to talk about because I always talk about horror but he wanted me to concentrate more on this romantic feeling and he also wants to know how we can actually find comfort and beauty in everything that is dark and daunting so I'm going to attempt to do that today to answer to these two questions it's going to be brief because of time here but at least I want to set some foundations so then you can go out there and think about it even more and we can then keep talking about it in future videos or if you prefer in other formats but we'll talk about that in the video itself so today we're going to talk about the romantic feeling of emptiness and we're also going to try to figure out why is it and how we can actually find comfort in the dark spaces so if you're interested in these topics this video is for you my friend Hello Gothic friend, this is Alice and you are in Gothic land and welcome one more day to this video podcast uh, called You Are Gothic But You Don't Know It. In this space, in this place, what we do is we do a little journey to find out more about your true self, about the things that scare you and about the things that you love that are in the dark spaces. So welcome again, thank you to the new subscribers. And today I wanna to talk about uh, this question that Juan Borjón has asked me to answer and it's regarding the romantic feeling created by emptiness, produced by existence that the romantics used to talk and write about. Where does that come from? And to do that, we're gonna to have to do some historical uh, journey there so then you can actually see why the setting and then the moments that the romantics were living actually detonates that but we cannot do that without thinking about the gothic movement because they go hand in hand and you're going to see why but also here is also where the gothic comes into play is that we have that yes it's true we find comfort uh, in, in in beauty even in everything that is dark sometimes and that has uh, probably a Jungian um, approach and a Jungian answer at least from my point of view because um, at the moment that we try to separate reason from feelings we've got a problem and this is exactly what happened at the time that we have romantics but also the gothic that were before the romantics there's a pre-romantic movement a pre-gothic romantic movement if I can say it like that 
But in order to do this, uh, I'm going to be using a reference book that I actually recommend you buy. I'm not sure if it's still in the market with this cover because it's a little bit old. This one has got a few years now. Uh, this is the Gothic tradition written by David Stevens. Okay, let's put it that way. And it's a, a, a book published by Cambridge. Um, so it's an endorsed by OCR. So this is a very good for today's elaboration of these two questions but before we go there remember if you are starting with the gothic this is the first time that you come across the channel you are very interested but you don't know where to start from i have a free session it's about an hour and a half lecture where or lesson where you can find everything that it means to be learning about gothic literature it's introduction it's a brief introduction to gothic literature from its origins to modern times um, in that introduction i actually give you some foundation starting from the etymology of the word gothic we go to chronological um, the chronolo the chronology of the different phases of the gothic and periods we talk about briefly about some writers some books and i also help you find out how the gothic can help you nowadays and why the gothic is all about identity it's about uncertainty it's about a lot of things but for me and for our space here is about identity and finding those elements that can help us with our everyday life routines and problems so go there that's free a free pdf is in gothicalis.com free downloadable i will put all the information down in the video so you don't miss out a thing and also if you want to support me you want to support alice in gothic land this project takes a lot of hours it takes a lot of research and it takes a lot of thinking about how to help you. So please, I have just opened my coffee page. Well, I've recycled it. I already had it open, but it was a bit dead. So I have thought that to give you extra value for those who want to go further and want to go more in depth on certain topics that we talk here, like today's topic, I invite you to go there go to my coffee page and donate, donate to the project because that's going to help me pay for authors, pay for um, tools that I need to produce and to buy books. So if you go there and visit and also you will get some, some uh, presents as well, you'll get some rewards and you get extra material, which is very nice. And then you can choose what is more convenient for you. So you have that, you have the free downloadable for the Gothic literature. And then you'll be part of my email list and every week you'll get um, information about tips, tools, things you can do. That's free. But then if you want to donate to the project, I recommend you go and visit me in my coffee page because there are a lot of nice things there and you can support the project. So I can continue creating um, content for you to keep learning, to keep uh, identifying all those elements that make your identity uh, stronger by facing your fears and the dark side of it. So, as I was saying before, we've got the this book, right, The Gothic Tradition, that is very helpful because uh, it's going to help us answer, I'm going to be quoting um, phrases and I'm going to be quoting fragments from it for you to understand my vision on why I think that the Romantics uh, used this mode or this genre to express their feelings and also to also um, clarify really the differences 
differences between the uh, romantics and the gothic literature because it's not the same and in fact there's this idea that uh, the gothic and i've said this before as well that the gothic is the naughty child of romanticism which is right is, is true uh, to a certain extent um, there's a period there's a phase of the gothic that comes say like this revival after romanticism but i'm going to give you some chronology today and i'm going to give you some uh, elements for you to figure out without me explaining to you directly and telling you the answers for you to get to the answer yourself this is critical thinking and we do this all the time i'm going to give you the elements for you to figure out and understand why this was the right context for certain feelings and for certain writings, poetry and novels to uh, come up at the time they did. So what we have is that we need to think about the bigger picture. The bigger picture of it all is the alignment, uh, the period of the alignment across Britain and Europe. So that's our starting point. Without those, we will not understand what comes after. So. With the publication of René Descartes, we have this discourse of the method that appeared in 1637. And if you remember, that's the time where everybody knows about this somehow. Maybe we can't remember the date, but we know that we're all familiarized with this Corgito Ergo Sum. I think, therefore, I exist. So basically, reason at this point in history, in European history, was enhanced in opposition to everything that wasn't rational. So what is it that we have in the space of the irrational? Superstition, dreams, beliefs, hunches, uh, anything that doesn't fall in the rational. Fantasies of any sort. You can imagine that if we, are, if we add to that so our Christian religion, we have a little bomb. So. Following the explanations of the Gothic tradition, as I said before, um, we can read that by the 18th century and due to political reforms, we have that political parties used elements of the Gothic to support their uh, political theories, which is quite interesting because both parties, both the Whig party and the Tory party, both used and referenced the Goths and the Gothic tradition to support their ideas. And I'm going to read you a little fragment uh, from, from a quote that we have in this book. Okay, so this fragment, it says, uh, it belongs that, it says that James Thompson, um, he appropriately titled long poem Liberty, that goes between 1735, this is very important as well, the age, the, the, the time, the time frame, from 1735 to 1736 approximately, he talks about celebrating the original Goths. Remember that the, the word Goth was taken to define Gothic literature because of its, uh, it was a, a tribe, a Germanic tribe, they were a little bit abrupt that had a certain reputation, but also um, we have Gothic architecture, sorry, that also meant that the, the buildings had a specific uh, lines and a structure wasn't, um, you know, the structure of the building were also 
have these connotations of uh, abrupt, of um, no polish. Yeah, you, you see what I mean. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword because really when we think about the Gothic guys, the space where we explain our deepest fears and feelings is kind of contradictory. But let's see what I'm going with that. So they mentioned in this poem, Liberty, we have untamed. To the refined subtleties of the slaves, they brought a happy government along, formed by that freedom which, with uh, which secret voice, impartial nature teaches all her sons. Right, so we see that was something said by the Whig party, but also the Tory party, we're told in this book, that use the Gothic label when interpreting British history because of the represented tradition, hierarchy, aristocracy, and all those going against dangerous modern democratic or at least populist ideas. So what we have here is a historical moment that we're scared, we're afraid, we're af well, afraid, we're frightened about modernity, about what's going out there, about these new ways of shaking a uh, political uh, trends. I'm not very political, but I'm trying to give you some frames so you understand what's going on. But then consider this, 30 years later, after this was said, we have that the book that made it as the first Gothic novel was The Castellot of Otranto by Horace Walpole, and that was written in 1764. Now remember that we were talking before that this long poem, Liberty, was written in 1735-36. And then we have with this mention of the Goths. And then we have this Gothic novel coming up. And looking back at the medieval period, looking back at some kind of um, moment of dark sides, but not so dark sides. We're looking into superstition, we're looking into these dark areas. So we're trying to find these elements that are in contraposition with the enlightenment that is bringing reason, but it's also bringing other types of fears. And we're trying to suppress. Remember, this is a time where we're trying to suppress the feelings. So this is kind of a shock. So in, in the book also, we mentioned that we told that Emma McEvoy says, that the Gothic is a kind of pre-romanticism, this is very interesting, that enacts a literalization of the romantic metaphor. So whereas romanticism proper is held to deal with the subtleties of human feelings and visions of various, in various artistic expressions, mountains, rivers, and dreams. Okay, this is quoted from, from this book, right? So in the Gothic tradition, that's what we are told. So according to these views, the Gothic attempted to make sense or to make these metaphorical insights real and actual. So we had real castles and we had landscapes, but all this changed. So we're preparing the settings here for what I'm trying to explain next. So we also have to think that this is the Enlightenment. It's also a period for the French Revolution. The French Revolution goes to, it starts in 1789 and it finishes in 1799. So what repercussions this have, uh, this had, this, this 
the French Revolution had. It didn't just happen in France, it had consequences um, around Europe as well. There was this fear of this revolution and this ideology to spread and this uh, Napoleon with his uh, ideas and this solo journey that he was doing and, and it was actually all the disaster that caused, you know, every time we have a, um, one of these uh, figures in history that um, changes uh, the political structure, then we have a bit of fear because of what's happening more when we have a lot of invasions and deaths and killings. So also what we have here is uh, what Fred Botting calls the uncertainties about the nature of power, law, society, family and sexuality. Everything that they knew until then started shaking. So the foundations of some kind of stability started shaking. People started questioning a lot of things. So with together with that, we have the Industrial Revolution that produces a lot of reactions. These reactions create that, yes, some people might go for the Industrial Revolution, mainly the, the higher classes that want to make money from this revolution and there's a lot of uh, slaving uh, population and creating a lot of poor uh, social classes. We have all these layers of uh, poor people working for hours and hours and not getting paid and then the rich uh, becoming richer because they're the ones in charge of the industrial uh, movement. So a lot of people and also from the higher classes uh, in politics, they're, they're thinking about going back to nature. So we have, again, this shift and enhancing uh, emotions. We have to think of Edmund Burke uh, when he starts talking about the sublime, which is one of the characteristics of the Gothic. So what we have here is um, already the grounds to, to get uh, this revival again of the Gothic. But also we have uh, the birth of the Romantics, so if we go now to when the Romantics uh, were born, we have that, and this is, um, you can find this in um, um, in a webpage called Eastern Connecticut State University. They talk about, it's very, very brief, the, the information you have there, but just roughly around 1798. So this is um, just by the end of the French Revolution is when we get the Romantics that will then look back into um, the French Revolution and Napoleon and then we'll get this evil figure. Or you could see him like a savior as well, depending on where you were standing. So we have that um, exactly if the Romanticism starts around 1798, and I'm saying roughly because it's I've said before in other videos in the past, we cannot really point out exactly when something starts or finishes because there's always gray areas and, and overlaps. Uh, but it did finish in 1837. The pioneer, or consider one of the pioneers of the Romantic movement was Robert Burns, um, who actually preceded this time. And he has two pieces of work here that are like considered uh, the Romantic um, the initial, the beginning of the Romantic movement. So we have Old Lang Syne, 
1788 and Tam O'Shanter in 1791. But we also have William Blake with his Songs of Innocence written in 1789 and Songs of Experience 1794. That will be or these, they will be followed by poets like Samuel Taylor Coleridge and William Wordsworth and then after that we'll have Percy Shelley, Lord Byron. I don't want to extend and I don't want to go into those too much because then I will not be answering the question uh, asked by uh, Juan. So what do we have here is a reaction, you know, every period in history is a reaction of the, uh, of the previous one. And I'm talking about the political things and the political side of things. And I've mentioned religion because all these has an impact in literature. Literature is nothing else but uh, a place where we express our fears of the moment that we live in historically. So by going in that space, we can actually express our opinions freely and they can be political opinions, it can be religious opinions, but all those fears, we're going to see them in fiction. And in this case, we're going to have the Romantics on the one hand, but then we're going to have the Gothics on the, on the other hand. So what happens that they have some points in common. So one of the things or some of the things that the Romantics uh, highlight or, or is more characteristic is that this exaggeration, this exaggerated feeling of going against recent, against uh, science, think about Mary Shelley, that was a bit later, but Mary Shelley with Frankenstein, there's nothing but a reaction to, to this new world that they were getting into of discovery of scientific um, events like Calvinism. So and it, all that was led, or it came from this industrial revolution, but it also came from this enlightenment period that recent. But then they start questioning, you know, the, the romantic style, well, we're questioning God and we're playing God. So at what point do we embrace the dark side of humans and things that are supernatural? And at what point are we criticizing reason? What's right, what's wrong? So there's a moment where there are all these questions happening and writers are in between sometimes there are in these gray spaces, these in, in this land, these, these moving sands that we have. So they don't want to look back to what they came before, the romantics, they don't want to look back. But then we have this coincidence for those who started going into the darker side of the romanticism is what will be called dark romanticism. And from there we'll have again this revival of the Gothic, but the Gothic was already, had already been there. Remember when I talked to you about the graveyard poets, and that was again in 1700. So we see here that to un actually answer this question about the romantic feeling, the romantic feeling is gets intertwined with the gothic, with the feeling of dark and, and um, dreams, all the spaces that were criticized, like um, what is moral, what is not moral, what should be um, what should be um, accepted by society, what shouldn't be accepted, uh, repression mainly when it comes down to women. Remember, the Gothic is pretty much at some point a female um, 
writing both in the writing as in the active action of writing but also in the passive as a reader so we need really we need this kind of balance so the romantics found in the historical moment they found this necessity to yes to consider yeah we, we have reason but look at what reason is doing look what's happening look at the industrialization of nature even and and look what's happening to us but also can we not embrace our deepest fears what can we write about and they look they look into the germanic folklore and, and german folklore sorry and then they find elements there that they want to use for their stories which is later on we have the victorian gothic then but it really starts uh, earlier so the fact that we find comfort and beauty which is i'm trying to answer now to the second question that we find comfort and beauty in everything dark and haunting basically this is pretty much in you know in, in jungian uh, lenses uh, under the jungian lens we could consider we could talk about the fact that and probably psychologists would tell you this better the fact that we can't separate uh, reason our ego uh, from our dark side which would be the shadow self that you would talk about so when we have this confrontation of these two parts of ourselves then it's when we start creating these monsters and when i'm saying this i'm also thinking about dr jack and mr hyde which is a very good representative of these um, shadow self that Jung used to talk about because one is um, repressing the other but in the end uh, the part of the being that has to be socially accepted that is correct that is well-mannered that is um, mentally straight and mentally rational at the same time has this dark side that when suppressed becomes more and more of a monster and we don't need to look monster for monsters outside ourselves uh, in folklore we have it inside ourselves we have it within within so i suppose that uh, well it's not that i suppose my opinion is that we find comfort and even beauty in these dark spaces precisely because we are these dark spaces too and we recognize elements or that we're trying to suppress and by doing that we think well I'm not the only one when we read other people other people's fears and their own monsters we don't feel like we're not that strange we're not that different and we can even learn lessons by facing our shadow self we can see what the problem is and we can be faced with these internal problems and then solve whatever we are going through and find explanations at least so remember that uh, if you want to know more about uh, gothic literature and how we can actually help you that i have my free download brief introduction to gothic literature from its origins to our modern times to present times and there is an hour and a half it's a lesson so you have your slides you have your audios you can see me talking to you and that's totally completely free but also i would encourage you to support this project alice in gothic land and you are gothic but you don't know it 
um, because there's a lot of knowledge here, there's academically a lot of investigation going on in the program. Also, donate. Donate. Go to my coffee page and there you will see other extra things for those who are uh, really close followers. You will see that you can benefit from different worksheets and classes. So go and visit there. Uh, my coffee page. I will leave you all the details there. And I hope I have answered your question, Juan. I hope that more or less we get in there. But also remember that for those of you who would like to have a private session, you can book a free assessment call with me, gothicalis.com, my webpage. You will see there that I have my free downloads, not just the literary one, but you have other things. And you can also book a free assessment. Why or how is that going to help you? Well, by booking a free assessment, uh, what I'm going to be doing with you is figure out what is exactly that you need, why are you attracted to the Gothic and how that can uh, help you with your identity. Uh, we can figure out uh, some time to work together and how to write, how to write your thoughts, how to put your thoughts in order. And this is actually something that I do that helps some of my students to do their, their writings to identify those elements that um, they stopping them from moving on um, and in writing we're learning to communicate our feelings a little bit better so that's it my friend uh, you've got plenty of work to think about now you've got free downloads you've got an invitation to donate for the um, for this uh, project to continue working and you have a free assessment call you can come to where we can create a plan for you. I hope you've liked the video. I hope that I have answered to you this question. I know uh, we could be here for longer, talking more in depth, talking about the authors. But the time is what it is and it needs to be brief. So you just have an idea and then we can continue from there. Okay, so thank you very much, Gothic friend. I'll see you next week. Remember, every Friday, 5 o'clock. The video is for you and uh, you are gothic or you don't know it and I'll see you next week. Bye bye.